0: Border crossings every weekday at 1500 Universal.
1: Stand up! Stand up! Stand
2: up!
3: Stand up! Friends, we can all listen to The
2: Sunny Side of Sports. Great show, bro. This is Sunny Side of Sports. Right here on The Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the December 5th edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. When the FIFA World Cup kicked off in Qatar, five football teams represented Africa. A batch of black stars from Ghana, a flock of Carthage Eagles from Tunisia, and a pride of lions, the indomitable lions from Cameroon, the lions of Taranga from Senegal, and the Atlas lions from Morocco. After weekend action, only the Atlas lions remained to wave the African flag. England eliminated Senegal's Taranga lions Sunday. in the round of 16 on goals by Jordan Henderson, Harry Kane, and Bukayo Saka. After the match, my VOA colleague Sunday Shamari in Qatar spoke with Abdul Aziz, a Senegalese fan who had the Senegalese flag wrapped around him
1: during their brief chat. I think we can say we are very sorry today for our fans and our people because we are lost. Everybody knows we lost. Very important guys. So the money, I think, it's our power and our uh, Our magic, you know, to support us, to support our team. So, but, but, by the way, we do the best, no? Senegal do the best. And then all people, I think, they still now, they respect Senegal. They love Senegal. And we continue to to defend Senegal to support our people. And one day we'll see African country will hold the World Cup. Now, since Senegal is out, African country remaining Morocco... Yeah, of course. What's your take on uh, I think it will be tomorrow. So we wait, and then we support as a, a Morocco also because we are the same African. And then uh, I think we, we hope uh, Morocco do best. No?
2: For more reaction to African champion Senegal being eliminated by England, Iron Mike Mbonier called Doha, Qatar, where he reached the chief football writer at aclsports.com. Fisayo Dairo.
4: It was a disappointing result in the end for the African champions and the entire African continent. But to be fair, it was a well deserved victory for the English Lions. Yeah the Senegalese started the game quite well, frustrating the Britons in larger spell, but the moment they considered that first goal late in the first half and then considered the second, you we already knew the results was going to be that way but on the balance of play one can hardly argue that England deserved their win and Senegal will have to emerge from that with some vital lessons And like I said they started well they coped well with the Britons but in the end they felt like a pack of badly arranged cards um, they allowed some holes in, in their midfield and defence and of course they made some unfortunate errors which uh, the English Lions duly punished. Having said that, they have to hold their heads high because they were one of the only two African teams that advanced from the, group sta- from the group stage. And having gone this far, the only thing left to do is just to take the results in your chain and learn from that out of future competitions.
5: There were media reports that aside Sadio Mane, some regular players of Senegal were out due to injuries and bookings. Do you think the player's absence affected Senegal's game?
4: Yeah, without sounding like bringing up excuses for the Senegalese, it's obvious that if you miss the caliber of players that the Senegal national team were missing on Sunday night, yes, you expect that to affect the powers. We all know that they came into this tournament without their biggest player, and arguably Sadio Mani and after the first game against the Netherlands they lost one crucial midfielder in Chiku Kuyate, who plays in England and then in the third game against Ecuador one of their most experienced midfielders Idrisa Ganagaye got a second booking which ruled him out of the game against England so these are three pivotal players and if any team in this world is shown of three key stars you expect that to have an effect but having said that I think they lost to a better side, they lost to one of the favorites to win this tournament. That's England. They lost to a side that are unbeaten in this competition up to this point. But you cannot remove the fact that if let's say three of these players that I mentioned were on the pitch, it could in some way affect the balance of play. And like I said earlier on, Senegal did start the game well. They they coped with what the Britons were throwing at them. They arranged themselves very they organized themselves. But at some point, you expect them to cave in because, in the end, the quality will show at the end of the day. So, yes, I think the absence of the likes of Kuyate and Ganagaye, who we were in this tournament, but had to miss yesterday due to injury and suspension, also played some part in the humiliating loss that the Senegalese suffered.
5: Fisayo, can you tell Side of Sports listeners? Your assessment of the Taranga Lions team to the FIFA World Cup in Qatar?
4: Mm, I wouldn't be so hard on them. Yeah, they are the African champions and they had lofty expectations hanging around their necks before this competition. But, um, in the light of everything that happened, missing their marquee player and again during the competition, getting affected by injuries or thereabouts, I don't think it was a disastrous tournament for them. Advancing from that group, as many projected when the draws were conducted, was a minimal achievement for them. Especially in the third game against Ecuador, who up until that point had four points. Mm -hmm. Digging deep to beat the South Americans for me was an impressive result and they should receive kudos for that particular win. Yes, the result against England um, was not as good as many expected and, of course, uh, it it was borderline um, disrespectful to the African continent when you have your champions losing in such a manner. But I wouldn't like to hang their competition story around that loss to the three lions of England. So I I think they had um, a, a decently average tournament Yes, they were eliminated in the second round, but they can go from there and strategize for the 2024 Africa Cup of Nations to be staged in Côte d'Ivoire, and then perhaps they can retain their African title. And maybe with the manner to which they keep churning out talents from Europe and from from Africa, they could get solidified. And they have money still at the peak of its powers. Then they can be proud of what they have achieved here in Qatar
2: That's Fisayo Dairo the chief football writer at ACLsports.com and Fisayo spoke with Iron Mike Ambogne
4: on the telephone from Doha Qatar Sporty greetings this is Fisayo Dairo chief football writer at ACLsports.com and you are listening to the sunny side of sports on the voice of America it is the biggest sports event of the year. The 2022
1: World Cup in Qatar. Join VOA to celebrate Africa's king sport. In-depth coverage, pre- and post-game analysis, breakout stars, Cinderella teams, coaches, players, and let's not forget the fans from the four corners of the continent and from the city of Doha. we will be there throughout the competition. Don't miss the fun with Team VOA Africa. Let's experience the magic of football
2: together. Together with my VOA colleague, Muckbill Yabbaro, we experience the magic of World Cup football on our On Goal with Sonny and Muckbill World Cup podcast which was topped by the Atlas Lions of Morocco. Welcome to episode three of On Goal with Sonny and Muckbill. I'm Sonny Young, joined by Mukbill Yabbaro. Mukbill, I brought back my South Africa jersey for episode
0: three, but looks like you're sporting some red and green. I definitely had to... Uh find a Moroccan jersey and luckily for me a good friend of mine gifted me this jersey or so I think (laughs) definitely not giving it back yeah the Atlas Lions of Morocco uh arguably the best African team in the World Cup yeah I definitely don't know who would have expected them to finish atop that group with Belgium and Croatia and Canada as well Finishing at the top of the group, I'm sure all Moroccans all over the world and Africans all over the world are super excited to see the Atlas Lions in the next knockout phase.
2: Now, one of our colleagues, super excited, Muckbill, she might even want that Moroccan jersey. Salwa Jafari, Africa Division Director here at the Voice of America, the pride of Morocco. She wants
0: that jersey, Muckbill. It, it, it's definitely very possible. It's definitely very possible. I don't know if I can give it up, though. (laughs) We're definitely going to have to keep up with the uh, Atlas Lions and see how they do against a very, very strong Spain side. Um, I definitely like how they've been playing. And as you mentioned earlier, they've been playing stellar football um, from all different parts of their team. Very complete. They've shown us that they have exactly what it takes to win in the next level. Who have been some of the key players, Muckbill, in your opinion, for the Atlas Lions? If, if I were to definitely say I would have to go with my guy, PSG, Hakim, Ashraf Hakimi, um, who is basically the workhorse for this team on the back uh, playing in the defense. You also could mention Banu, Yassin Banu, who is their goalkeeper who plays for CV. Amazing goalkeeper. We spoke about this on our uh, World Cup Spotlights that he won recently the Zephora Trophy, um, which for those that don't know is the most efficient goalkeeper in La Liga. Very, very difficult to do. Um, and he only conceded one goal which was an own goal, right? Again, and he still got his hand on that ball, so he's definitely done what he's needed to do. Um, and we have so many other players, but it's a very, very complete team, this Moroccan side.
2: If we go back through our history books, Muck Bill, I think it's been 36 years since uh, Morocco reached the round of 16 at a World Cup. Uh, they lost, I believe, to the then West Germany uh, in the round of 16. Now they go up against the 2010 World
0: Cup champion, Spain. But I think the Moroccans might have more confidence than the Spaniards. I I definitely think so. Um, When we look at Spain and what they've done normally, right, this is a very dominant European team plays this classic style of pass amazing it's almost like music it's symphony almost the way that these guys pass the ball to each other and they showed us that in their opening match against costa rica where they gave costa rica seven goals to nil so i think after that introductory game we all felt as though spain was the team to beat unfortunately for them after that they came up against germany who's another amazing story in this World Cup, unfortunately, who were knocked out in that very difficult group. It was a, it was an amazing draw. Very, very good tactical game. But both teams were unable to defeat each other. And then they play in their last game and they lose. So it's like they, they've shown us everything that they have, a win, a draw, a loss, which Spain will Morocco play? That is the question. Whereas Morocco's been very consistent, they has have. not has not lost a single game just yet. Mukbill Yaboro I'm Sonny Young. You're on goal with Sonny and
2: Mukbill. Let's go to Doha, Qatar, where VOA's Kali Abdu is standing by. Spain. 40 World Cup. Greetings, Kali.
6: Same to you, my brother. I love the energy in the studio right now. You guys are enjoying the World Cup.
0: <laughs> <six>. <laughs> That's Kali. What are your thoughts on... Uh, on- I know Ghana, unfortunately, did not win their game against Uruguay. Um, and also Tunisia was able to to defeat France. So these two teams that didn't make it to the uh, next knockout stages. Tell me a little bit about that pride for the Tunisians to be able to defeat the world champions and Ghana making it difficult so that Uruguay also doesn't advance to the next level.
6: Well, before I speak uh, on Ghana, let me tell you, we were at the Fan fest when Tunisia beat France and the place erupted. You know, everybody was cheering them on, even though they didn't make it because obviously Australia advanced. Everybody was very proud of them. You can't say the same about Ghana. I'm going to tell you right now, all the journalists from Africa were really disappointed because of how the Ghana game ended. You know, they started well, well, they started getting a penalty, and then we were all cheering them on. The South American journalists were holding their heads. You know, they, they couldn't watch. And then once they missed that penalty, it was down, It went downhill pretty fast for them. And we didn't understand what was going on. But, you know, like you said, um, Uruguay didn't progress uh, because the South Koreans showed a tremendous spirit. But there was something that we were expecting. We expected the Ghanaians to come in really strong in this game because of, obviously, the 2010 game versus Uruguay. And when we talked to their fans here, they were so buoyant, so confident, man, we're going to beat them 3-0, 4-0. I was surprised to hear that, but that was the type of energy that we were expecting. We thought it would be guns blazing for minute one, but for some reason, watching the Ghana, Ghana game, they seemed so terrified. The occasion seemed too big for them for whatever reason. So it was uh, interesting to watch. Kali, I felt like that penalty kick uh,
2: in the first half taken by Andre Dede Ayu was really the game changer. That
6: yeah.
2: after the Uruguayan keeper uh, saved the shot, uh, I, I just thought the momentum shifted right there, that Uruguay took control. And, you know, Ghana looked deflated after that. But yeah. strategically, Kali, uh, Mukbill and I kind of felt like uh, the young player for Ghana, Mohamed Kudus, who's been such an inspiration for the Black Stars, that he should have been the one to take the penalty kick and not Dede AIU. <laughs>
6: what are your thoughts? You're yeah, yeah, spot on. Uh, I told my colleague, if Ghana had nine other kudos is on the field it would have been really tough for uh, uruguay his name was everywhere just kudos 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 the whole game uh you couldn't say the same about his his teammates um uh, are you f- for for some reason just from minute five I, I told my colleague he seems off he just doesn't seem up for this and i was surprised to see him uh taking the penalty which obviously he missed um but, uh, but yeah, you know, there's also another player. I, I don't recall if he was playing, but Williams, I think he plays in La Liga. He's the, the designated penalty taker for Atletic Bilbao. So there, there are other players that could have taken a penalty um, that I think uh, might have converted. But, you know, this is football. Could have, would have, should have, you know. They didn't convert it, and, and now they're out. And, you know, they can only have themselves to blame, for sure.
0: Kali, um, th- just sticking on that same point, do you think there was a, a part of maybe Coach Adu that thought to himself maybe putting that level of pressure on such a young player, Mohamed Fadouz? You know, he's only 22 years old. He's the future of Ghanaian football. Like we said, you know, a penalty kick is 50-50. If he misses a penalty kick on a game like today with such, you know, implications... Um, um, from the past, um, do you think that that could, you know, in essence, hurt him really? So maybe they didn't want to put that burden on this younger player? Is that a possibility? Yes,
6: yes you're totally right. That that, that might have well been the thinking. Um, I don't know if you recall England and the Euros. Saka, Rashford, all these really young, talented players playing penalty kicks and missing. Um, you, you, you remember how much backlash there was in the media and things like that. And so, yeah, a lot of coaches are very skeptical of throwing their young players in. I mean, let's not forget, Ghana has one of the most, uh, or had one of the most uh, inexperienced sides in this entire tournament. So, I mean, if if Ayu wasn't on the pitch, they might have been forced to, to just let any of these youngsters take it anyway. Uh, but, you know, like I say, they, they, they didn't give uh, uh, Kudus the opportunity to, to play the penalty kick, so we will never know. Maybe he would have scored, maybe he would have missed, But IU really had the, the weight of Ghana on his shoulders, and I expected more. I told my colleague from the way he was poised, his run up, I said, man, this guy's going to miss, and he missed. Um, is this something about confidence in, in football that is just, you know, it was just obvious to me that he just didn't seem super confident. And I didn't expect that from him with all his, his experience.
2: Kali Abdu speaking with us from Doha, Qatar. Thank you, Kali.
6: Thank you, gentlemen. Enjoy the rest of your
1: day. It is the biggest sports event of the year. The 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Join VOA to celebrate Africa's King's sport. In-depth coverage, pre- and post-game analysis, breakout stars, Cinderella teams, coaches, players, and let's not forget the fans from the four corners of the continent and from the city of Doha. We'll be there throughout the competition. Don't miss the fun with Team VOA Africa. Let's experience the magic of football together.
2: Brazil's 82-year-old World Cup hero, Pele, remains hospitalized in Sao Paulo. Pele's daughters deny their father is close to death They say he was admitted to the hospital to treat a respiratory infection that was aggravated by COVID. Pele's daughters say he will go home again once he recovers from his lung infection. Among those sending good wishes to Pele is English star Harry Kane. Who scored a goal against Senegal on Sunday?
4: Uh, we send our, our best wishes to him and, and obviously all his, his family as well. And um, yeah, uh, inspiration among, amongst our game, you know, incredible footballer, uh, incredible person. Um, and yeah, to hear those words back then from, from him was, was really special uh, for me. And um, I always feel like I'm someone who. It's always learning, and, and we'll continue to learn for for the rest of my career, so he was he was spot on with uh, with his advice, so um yeah, of course sad to to hear um that news, but um yeah, we wish him well from not just me but the whole the whole England uh, setup as well.
2: Pele also reportedly is receiving chemotherapy treatment for cancer, also sending good wishes. Is the former longtime manager of Arsenal, Arsene Wenger, currently FIFA's chief of global football development. Yes, I must say, of all, uh, would like first uh, to talk about Pelé. He was my idol when I was a child, and uh, I, we are all, of course, uh, uh, getting the news that uh, he's not very well. We wish him uh, as well to recover quickly and hopefully i spoke to his agent not long ago he was not as pessimistic as the news we get at the moment so i was a bit surprised and shocked that is not well he told me that he is to go back to hospital but uh, he's not uh, in uh, danger and i hope he is right because he sees him uh, many times Meanwhile, former German star Jürgen Klinsmann, who lifted the World Cup trophy in 1990, is currently serving as a member of FIFA's technical committee for the World Cup in Qatar. And he had this to say about Pele.
5: Well, obviously, you know, Pele is in our prayers. You know, we hope that he recovers as quickly as possible and is with us for many, many years to go. Um, I met him many, many times. Uh, In South America or wherever, you know, the the global football community comes together. Uh, He's just such a wonderful uh, person. And he's been the greatest of all. There's no doubt about it, Pele.
2: Former German star Jürgen Klinsmann commenting on the great Pele, the only player in history to lift the World Cup three times. Pele remains hospitalized in Sao Paulo, Brazil. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the Sunny Side of Sports on the Voice of America. Hi, this is Larry London, the host of VOA's Border Crossings, where we feature music and interviews along with your favorite artists from around the world. Tune in and interact live with us here in Washington, D.C. Hello, Shirin.
1: Hello, Larry. How are you?
2: Good. How are you tonight? Border Crossings comes to you Monday through Friday at 1500 UTC GMT. Thanks, Larry. That's Larry London, a man who's always ready to cross musical borders. I encourage our sunny side of sports listeners to follow me on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOASunny, and my Twitter handle is at sports. Samson O'Malley joins us once again with a package of African sports news. And Samson says his starting line is Spain where African athletes turned in some great marathon
5: performances. In athletics, Kenya Kelvin Kiptoum and Ethiopian Amane Beruso won the Valencia Marathon and became the third fastest man and woman in history. Kiptoum, a 23-year-old in his marathon debut, won the men's race in 2 hours, 1 minute, 53 seconds. The only men to ever run faster over 26.2 miles are legends, Kenyan elite Kipchoge in 2 hours, 1 minute 9 seconds, and Isopian Kenenisa Bikele in 2 hours 1 minute 41 seconds. In the women's category, Beriso, a 31 year old whose personal best was 2 hours 20 minutes 48 seconds from January 2016, stunned the women's field on Sunday by running 2 hours 14 minutes 58 seconds the only women to have run faster are kenya's bridget Kosgei and rose chibnatic and now to basketball where madagascar men and egypt's women on sunday won the fiba 3x3 African cup 2022 in cairo egypt 3x3 africa cup 2017 bronze medalist madagascar won gold this time defeating host and 2019 winners egypt in the title game 20 to 17 points in the women's Competition Egypt won their second straight 3x3 Africa Cup title and also second overall, defeating Madagascar in the final. As 3x3 Africa Cup 2022 winners, both Madagascar men and Egypt's women clinched their title to the FIBA 3x3 World Cup 2023, which will take place in Austria in Vienna. While Egypt's men and Madagascar's women, as runners up, booked their tickets to the FIBA 3x3 World Cup 2023 qualifier in Israel the seventh edition of the afghan amateur individual chess competition hosted by kenya ended on sunday at the mobasa continental resort in kenya chess kenya president bernard wanjala said the championship attracted a total of 93 players from 15 federations the highest attendance in the event since its inception in 2015 in matola mozambique
4: it has been quite challenging uh, for us as the host It was an opportunity to test the progress we have made in the junior. As you can see, majority of the players that we fielded were the juniors, and they have uh, played quite uh, satisfactory. I am
5: Samson Omale in Abuja, Nigeria. Thanks, Samson. The
2: AP's David Schuster joins us now with a package of American sports news. And David says he'll be kicking off with National Football League action.
3: Another busy NFL Sunday we start in Houston where Deshaun Watson made his return with his new team Cleveland, which prevailed 27-14. Watson was just 12 of 22 passing with one interception.
6: 700 plus days since I played, so... Yeah, it's going to be, it's not going to be perfect, um, especially playing in December football where, you know, guys are week 14, week 13, and this is week one for me.
3: Whereas Watson was rusty, Jalen Hurts was anything but throwing three touchdown passes in Philadelphia's 35-10 win over Tennessee.
6: Nothing good ever gets done if every man doesn't do their job and dominate their box, and that's what we strive to do. We work really hard and we prepare really hard. You know, sometimes it just looks different.
3: It looked the same for Aaron Rodgers, who ran his record to 25-5 against Chicago as Green Bay won
6: 28-19. You never know when it's going to be your last
2: time playing at a place. I've had a lot of great moments in this place. As much as the fans don't really like me, uh, I do have respect for the city of Chicago and and their great sports fans here and this stadium. It's been a lot of fun.
3: Elsewhere, Minnesota reached 10 wins, holding off the Jets 27-22. Baltimore rallied by Denver 10-9. San Francisco beat Miami 33-17, but lost quarterback Jimmy Garofalo with a broken foot and Cincinnati over Kansas City 27-24. Collegiate level the NCAA semifinals will have Georgia against Ohio State and Michigan against TCU. Georgia and Michigan were locks and here's committee chairman Boo Corrigan talking about the other two teams.
4: We came to the conclusion that we believe
3: TCU was number three and, and with that you know, kind of moved down
6: the list and ended up with Ohio State at number four.
3: Baseball Fred McGriff was finally voted into the Hall of Fame by a committee of his peers.
6: I've been totally blessed my whole life and I continue to uh, be blessed. So it's quite an honor to be inducted into uh, the Hall of Fame. I'm David
3: Schuster.
2: That wraps up the December 5th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I get it. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny Side of Sports.